evening and welcome to Football Bloody Hell. On the show tonight, me. Yeah, I'm participating tonight and not just recording. Ricky Hyatt's here with his usual sarcasm. Will Brummel, the West Ham fans here. And Hilda, the freaky scousers here. Sit back and enjoy and have a cup of tea. Oh dear, I nearly forgot. Our star guest, Mr. Nicky Crittenden. Well, now it's time to hand over to our host for tonight. The extraordinary Scouse supporter, Hilda Pryor. Yeah, thank you very much indeed. Uh, nothing like being a Scouse supporter on a podcast when your team have lost 1-0 to the bottom of the table, Nottingham Forest. But we will come on to that later, I'm gentlemen. I'm sure it's, we will. It's later in the running order because we do have to talk about uh, Yeovil Town. Um, unfortunately, they did go down 2-0. Um, uh, away to Oldham Athletic. The last time we spoke on the podcast was just before their um, eagerly anticipated uh, replay in the FA Cup qualifier against Taunton Town. And unfortunately, that didn't go according to plan either. Um, Rick, I'll, I'll come to you first. Um, you obviously at the first Taunton Town match um, that Yeovil were playing. And... We spoke about, I think we were all there, weren't we, in fact? And it yeah. wasn't uh, the greatest of games. But um, unfortunately, they weren't able to um, to take themselves into that tie against MK Dons uh, by knocking out Taunton, Taunton getting the 1-0 result. And then, unfortunately, the slump continued um, this weekend. Where, where do you think that sort of leaves Yeovil Town, and in particular Chris Hargreaves at the moment, Rick? It doesn't do him any favours, does it? Because we've gone from, in the space of a week, gone from being in a position where hopefully uh, there were green shoots and everything and there was a chance of momentum. And uh, it's amazing what two bad, three bad results do. I would imagine that it's, uh, it's completely changed some supporters' perception of what he's doing at the club because that was the opportunity, wasn't it? That was You could, you could see what he'd been trying to do in previous weeks. It came together... In the, in the win, and then the wheels have fallen off a little bit. So I'm not sure what to say because things had to. We were we were all there for the the first game against Taunton, and the only way that could possibly have gone would have was up because that was dreadful. But it doesn't seem to. Have. My son was at the uh, at the replay, and he said things were an awful lot better. And by all accounts, things didn't improve much at the weekend either. So. I, Chris has got some uh, talking to do to get himself out of this one. Well, we spoke about, um, in the last couple of weeks, we've spoken about how they've 
sort of looked better in games than the results have suggested. But are we now getting to a point where that almost doesn't matter? Well, it's, it's very strange to, to wondering why it has changed. You know, what has changed within the club? What has changed that Chris Hargreaves has been putting across to his players? Because, we, you know, we felt that we were starting, or Yeovil was starting to play a bit better, getting some good results, you know. I wasn't there for every game, but I heard the commentaries and there was some positivity all the time. But as I say, going to the Taunton game, and now we're saying the replay was just as bad, and last Saturday's game was very poor as well. What has happened? You know, do we know if there's anything going on inside the dressing room? Is there? Has he been put under a little bit of pressure? Well, he's under pressure now because he's had three bad results. Um, I, I wonder if Adrian knows anything a little bit more because he's closer to the centre. Well. Um... I don't really, to be honest. I mean, uh, I went to the press conference on Thursday, and um, I explained to Chris Hargreaves that I, don't, you know, they're all very well these press conferences because you get to know people and, and you get to know people's personalities. And Chris is a nice guy, and I didn't like to have to sit there and say, "Look, Chris, are you the man for the job?" But I had to do it because it's the question that all the fans are beginning to ask: Is Chris Hargreaves the man for the job? And he was quite open about it. And he said, don't worry, I don't mind you asking difficult questions. It's part of the job. I accept that. And I accept the fact that things aren't going too well. But he said, I knew it was going to be a difficult job the moment I took the job on. And it's not changed. But, um, you know, it's, it's very difficult to know what is going wrong. Because, you know, I would have thought if his um, interjections would have been taken any notice, it would have been in this Oldham game. Because he's had two defeats on the trot. He presumably had laid into the team and told them a few home truths and, you know, tried to get things changed, get the momentum going again, and it didn't happen. So, you know, you do get to the point, well, you know, maybe maybe Chris isn't the man for the job. I, I, I don't like to say these things because he's a nice guy and I want to see him succeed. But um, certainly at the moment, it's not going very well, is it? Well, the thing is, though, being a nice guy doesn't make you a great manager. No, absolutely. Absolutely. This but, is the problem, isn't it? But having said that, apparently, uh, at one point during the game against Oldham, he went absolutely apoplectic on the sidelines and, and really laid in to, to some of the players. So he has got a, a darker side, shall we say, because he displayed that up at Oldham. But on the other hand, it doesn't seem to have made any difference to the players. And, and I mean, at the end of the day... He can only tell the players to do the job. The players let him down all the time. It's hardly the manager's job uh, fault, is it? You do start to wonder as well, Aid, whether, you know, I don't really want to start talking about all the off-field stuff because, you know, that's been well documented over the last 18 months, two years, really, since the, the new ownership came in. But is what's happening at Yeovil run much deeper than what's happening with the coaching staff? Like Yeovil have been a downward curve for a long old time now. It's been a, it's been a downward, um, you know, ten-year sort of um, decline really from when they hit the heights of the of the championship. And is it, you know, there's a lot more to it than this than just um, the current regime at the club because this has been ongoing for, like I say, this has been years in the making finding Yeovil where they are at the moment, which is only just outside the bottom four in the National League. Well, I'll tell you another thing. I mean, you know, as you know, I know Gary Johnson very well. 
And Gary Johnson's always said to me that, you know, at the end of the day, if you think a player's crap, it's because he's he is. He's, you know, money, we haven't got the money, so therefore we have to buy from Liddles. We haven't got a, a, enough to go to Tesco's or Marks and Spencer's. We've got to go to Liddles. And unfortunately, the quality of players in Liddles is not up to much. And, and but we've got that's all we can do. We haven't got the money, and that that money has been, you know, used for other things, shall we say? Um, and who knows if we're ever going to get an increased budget or not? So if we're always going from to Littles to buy the players, then certainly we've got to find some real little gems there, and they're damn difficult to find. If if there's no money around, the players we get in of of lower quality because their wages are going to be less. And exactly. Yeah. It's being found. It's being found out now. Maybe this is the reason mm. they're just not good enough. No. Well, and we've been buying bad, bad, or we're well, not bad players, but. I mean, it's, 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 it's strong words, but I mean, few will sort of disagree with probably what you're saying, judging by the the um, the outcry at the moment towards the the club and particularly the playing and yeah. the coaching staff. I mean, there um, are there are a couple of gems in their mind. I mean, the goalkeepers is, is you know I think is is probably one of the the best goalkeepers in this league, and and of course we've got our mate Josh who never seems to let them down. But apart from that, I'm struggling to find anybody that excites me, really. It's difficult because you, you mentioned about where we're shopping now, and, I, and I, I'm in your camp. I think we, we can only, you know, we're only as good as where we can shop at at the moment, and we're not mm. able to shop at the real top end of the, um, of the league. But, Rick, we've been saying many times at the start of this season that they've actually played quite well, but we're now starting to get to a point where they're not just getting the results, but the performances have seemed to have dried up as well because just taking those two games against Taunton in isolation, well, they were playing a team that was exactly like one whole division below. I think they were both 17th in 17th position in their own respective leagues. And Yeovil never really looked like scoring a goal over the whole 120 minutes. And eighty minutes. <laughs> well, how long are they playing for? How well, five hundred minutes. It probably wouldn't have made any difference, but that's how they it looks. They could still be there now. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Edit um, the I'm... right number in there, AD. <laughs> yeah. All right. Edit the right number. Yeah. We'll, we'll do. Just think that that was such a missed opportunity. I mean, I don't want to keep banging on about the cup game, but that's really where. From my point of view, looking at it, you could make excuses and reasons and, and whatever and say at least the performances were there. They had to be... If they'd have gone out and played Taunton and put two or three past them, won comfortably, cracked on, even if the Oldham result had been the same, it would have been a bit of progression there. But I, I just I just can't see anybody giving giving the manager much more time now because that opportunity seems to have... Seems to have gone, and we're not just shopping at Littles. We're shopping at the middle of Littles. We have bargains in the middle of Littles. Even more bargains. But it's funny watching the um, the Wrexham documentary, as I have, a number of times. People have said, various different people from various different clubs have said how much money there is swilling around in the National League at the moment. Well, there is at certain clubs. And Yobu just got. Yobu didn't have money swimming around when they were in a position to make money in the championship. No. So it's going to be twice as hard for Yobu as it is for for anybody else, and that that's the financial 
reality of it. I mean, that we, guy at uh, Wrexham, um, what's his name? Paul Millen? Mullen? They, when they paid, the, yeah. the, the striker, yeah. Yeah, they paid 300000 yeah. for him. I mean, yeah. can you see Yeovil going out and spending 300000 on a player? No chance. Bought another one and then went out and bought another to have decent player. But then the point that was made during that, if we're just going to digress into that, is they was their chief executive was saying that it is actually easier to get players, if you're in the Football League, it's easier to get players from League 1 and League 2 because you're not paying a National League premium, hmm. which is what... So Paul Mullen moving to a, a League 1 club or a League 2 club, whereas it might cost a National League club 300000 might only be 200000 250000 and also the wages of that would be considerably lower because he's not being subsidised for dropping down divisions. But that's Wrexham. They're in a position to do that. Yo, yo, Valar, and you've got to rely on pulling in favours. I mean, is ultimately, is it another situation where you go down the line of well-decorated ex-pro who's got good contacts, who can get you a decent bunch of loan players in and go about it that way? rather than do it from the football club's point of view, where they are the football club's own players, and you, and you go about the, the loan market in a more traditional sort of way. I mean, we're going to have to do it with uh, with mates rates or something, if we can get hold of someone. Are you suggesting we'd be better off with Paul Thorpe at the helm at the moment? I, I think that um, he's not here, is he? Is he on holiday? <laughs> no, he's working. Uh, he's not this week. He's normally on holiday or in the bath. But, um, yes, I, I think any team could benefit from having Paul Thorpe in charge, especially the shower that you support. Well, yeah, maybe we'll... Maybe we'll is, is that nicely linked? Are we linking I that round? So. I, I, just have one, I do just have one more question, and I'm not sidestepping it, I promise, because <laughs> I know that we're going to have to talk about it. But just on the finances thing, AD, I'll, I'll end this with you. Is it a surprise, though, that Yeovil find themselves in a position where they're fourth bottom in terms of their financial power? Because I understand that Yeovil have never been a rich club. I understand that. But every time we seem to be dropping down into a lower division, their budget doesn't even seem to be anywhere near mid-table. Has No, it's not. Has, is that just a reflection on what's happened recently? It was that always been the case? Well, I, I, it seems to be lower than ever now. Well, it certainly is lower than ever now, but I mean, I must admit, initially, at the start of the mm. season, I thought that um, the money seemed to be flowing quite well because we, we, we took on a new manager, an assistant manager, and Marcus Stewart had come in as, as a striker coach. Uh, we'd also got a goalkeeping coach. Um, a few players had come in, and it was beginning to look as though, you know, maybe, maybe the financial shackles have been taken off for a while but but I mean you know they bought the players in um, but they didn't pay the money for them obviously that was relevant and, and that's the problem you know we all get excited don't we new new player comes in oh what if he's going to be any good is, is he the one is he now another Paddy Madden coming in but it's it's not turned out that way unfortunately I mean we we're really struggling to get the ball in the net these days I mean I don't know how many goals we've scored I'm sure somebody can tell me but um over the season, we've we've not scored very many. That's for certain, and we've got to score some more. Us, we're just not going to win games, obviously. Well, it's weird. It's strange to me how it seems to have changed, even whilst I've been in the national league. Because you think about that first year under Saar when mm. we, we were bringing in experience. You had a Wilkinson, a Collins, um, a Charlie Lee, a Jimmy Smith, a Reese Murphy. Yeah. Well, that wasn't that long ago, and I appreciate that we've had 
obviously the pandemic in there as well. But it just seems to be that within a short space of time, we've even fallen even further behind that. And we're relying on youth players to try and pull us out of something. You know, when this is men's football now that we're talking about, and mm. they would have been used to under 18s football and playing at leagues yeah. further down the pyramid, you're relying on these guys to really pull a rabbit out of a hat. And Will, I'll come come to you on this one. When you're relying on these players, you're just hoping that one of these younger players has a spark to try and get you out of it. But you're kind of gambling to an extent, aren't you? Well, it, it's, it's an immense gamble, isn't it? You, you just can't rely on the fact that you might get a player that's league above or two leagues above where they're playing now. It's, it just kind of doesn't happen. I know it's happened in the past, but it's very rocking horse shit, isn't it, really? Um, I, I don't know. I, you kind of rely, when a new coach comes in, I always feel you rely on their contacts. You know, and maybe Chris hasn't got enough good contacts or know enough good players that would drop down a division. You know, there may be 2021, 20, but are good enough to play in the higher divisions. Um, he doesn't know them. And the players he's getting aren't quite up to standard. You know, I, I do worry that, you know, we're, we're near the bottom. Are we going to es- just escape relegation this year? You know, we could go down a division. You know, we could be playing Taunton next year. You know, something needs to change. You know, uh, uh, there must be good players out there. You know, it's just who's scouting these players. You know, who's bringing them in? You know, what's, what's happening with the scouting? Who is the chief scout? You know, it's, it's, a, it's a toughie, but... Have we got a chief scout? If we don't scout? sort it out, we're going down, you know. Have, have we got um, a chief scout? Not, Anybody I'm know? not sure who's our scouting at the moment. I will have a little look through that. But I'll tell you what, one thing that, that sort of puzzles me, you know, while we're on this, I mean, we've got this guy, Jake Scrimshaw, right? Now, he's come from Bournemouth. He's got a very good uh, reputation. He's, I think he's got an uh, under-21 cap or something for, for Wales, I think it was. Um, you know, wait a minute, during the uh, 18th, he scored no field and 48 goals in this, the 18-19 season. This included 17 with Southern League South's Paul Paul Town. And then he was named as Bournemouth's under-18s player of the year. He hardly gets a look in. If it's five minutes, he's done well. Now, I don't know quite why, you know, Chris must be seeing something that we can't see because he watches him in training all the time. But it just does seem rather peculiar that he doesn't get a chance. Yeah, but why Why does he keep him on the substitutes bench? If, if he's not doing it fully, he, he shouldn't be in the squad. No. You know, it's, well, it's yeah. silly. You know, if, if if he's not performing in training, shouldn't be in the squad, shouldn't be going to matches. You know, if he's, if he's as you say, he's a good player, seems to be a good young, a good young player, why isn't he playing? I don't know. That's a $64 question, isn't it? I mean, he's had experience playing for Eastleigh in the, the National League. He's played for Walsall, Newport County and Scunthorpe in League Two. So he's had experience in the Football League as well. I don't know, I'm, but I'm just raising it, not specifically because we haven't got an answer for Correct it, me if I'm wrong, Aid, as well, but I'm pretty sure he's a player that Yeovil actually spent money on as well. And he's on a, at yeah. least a two-year contract. Yeah, so, I think it was some of the Tom Knowles money. Yeah, I think you're right. So why is he in playing? I mean, let's face it now, we're realising what, what a mess Tom Knowles is. You know, because when he was there, he was, you know, he was always coming up with useful goals, wasn't he? 
No, it's 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 you know. I mean, we could sit here and do the whole program talking about this, and you know, it only highlights the problems that Chris Hargreaves has got because he's probably doing this every lunchtime, every day. You know, where are we going to get some more players from? It's it's hard. But he can also change how they're playing. You know, he can try and give them confidence. You know, he's in the he's the controller, isn't he? Yeah. I know he's only, but he's got to deal with what the ingredients he's got when he wants to make the cake. You know, that he's got to get on with it and make them play well. Yeah, I mean tomorrow's game. Some great now. analogies here this evening. Thank I know. You liking that one? Been, what the fat controller? How we're making a cake? <laughs> Amazing. But I mean, tom- very educational. Tomorrow's game though is crucial now. I mean, I, I know because we go out on a Wednesday, so you guys will all know what the result is. But we're talking about this on a Monday night, knowing they've got all the shot at home tomorrow. Now we oh. should roll. We should roll over all the shots, surely, shouldn't we? I mean, it's a, it's a huge game. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, quite. It's a huge game, and they're but they're buoyed at the moment because they've had a tough time this season, and they've brought in a former um, manager recently. Um, I think he's over the age of seventy. The guy that they brought back to try and steady the ship for Old Shop, and um, he got a two-one win at the weekend, and so suddenly they're now going into this game. Not Roy um, Hodgson, is it? <laughs> no. um, it could well have been, though. But um, it just kind of goes to show that some Yeovil fans will be looking at this and be like, well, look, older shot have made a change and then they've gone out and first time of asking have gone and grabbed a win. So it's a huge game for Chris because if they come away with a defeat at home to older shot, then it's going to be a real toxic atmosphere. But... Like you say, by the time this podcast comes out, we uh, we might have won or we might have might. The, the, ma- the manager you're on about is Mark Mosley. He's 40 years right. old, apparently. Uh, He's not so. 40 years old, surely. That's what it says on here. So I don't know where you got this 70 from, I'm sure. I don't think that's right. I'm sure you're, I guess you're reading it from somewhere. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, but yeah. the guy was definitely an old man. Well, he doesn't look older like... man. He older man. Max Mosley was one of the black shirts. Wasn't he? <laughs> he must be old. Well, that's what it says on on the the, the vulnerable BBC. Mark Mosley, appointed manager. Yeah. So I mean, that's all I can tell you. You know, after Danny Searle sacked, but it doesn't say anything about him being seventy. He says he's forty. Former Aldershot midfielder. Just, Can... Dave, I can see you there tapping away. You're googling Google. Who was the old geezer on all the shots then? <laughs> I will try and find that. It could have been the trainer. Yeah, I'll try and find some information on that to find out what I was um, watching. That was on the highlight show of um, the football. This I don't know why I watched the highlights either, because I knew that Yo was There weren't any. But, yeah, as you say, there, there wasn't any. But talking of no highlights at all, particularly from my point of view, go on then, Rick. Forest won, Liverpool nil. Um, firstly, did you watch the game? No, I missed it. Oh, that's unfortunate. I was working. What a pain. Um, I'm guessing you have caught the highlights, though, and I have to concede that Forrest totally deserved it. Well, that, I believe that there were 90 minutes of highlights. There were extended highlights. There was no minute of that game that wasn't a highlight. <laughs> and uh, Dean Henderson's getting knighted next week, and uh, everything is rosy in the... Premier League world. Did remind me, though, of, or put me in mind of, do you remember 
back when the Champions League was the European Cup and it was harder to get in, but easier to win. You had to be champions to get into it. And we had the rare thing, I think it was 1979 or 1980, after Forest had won it. So they went in as holders. Liverpool were champions. So we had the rare position back in the day of having two English clubs in the... Uh, strangely enough, they got drawn against each other in the first uh, first leg. But we had two representatives in the European Cup. And uh, at the end of it, it was a similar result to Saturday. And all was well in the world. And it was lovely. Do you think football's a lovely game, David? <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a great game, isn't it, Will? It is. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Did you watch I, it? I did watch probably most of it. Um, I'm, I'm slightly in knots for it. I've actually been to Trent Bridge um, to watch a game back that's, in the day. And, that's um, cricket. They, it's they, the city they, ground, mate. Oh, is it? Oh, well, is that, well it's up the road. <coughs> yeah. Um, from, no, I did go to the football, but yeah. It's the and boom, 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 boom. Yeah. If you did go, if you do go to watch football, don't call them Knotts Forest. Otherwise, somebody will have a quiet word in your show like They do not <laughs> like that. They don't like that at all. Nottingham the, re the, reason I, the reason I went there was because West Ham, had, it was a cup game. West Ham had played QPR at QPR, lost for the game. And so QPR were playing Notts Forest. So we went to Notts Forest to see QPR lose. And that was the reason we went. And I can't remember the score, so I don't know if they lost or not. But yeah, Notts Forest are a good team. You know, they've got some good players. Um, I spent, you spent too much time in Hooters Bar, didn't you? I went in the Robin in the Robin Hood pub. No, no, Hooters. I've been there. Yeah, so where have I. It? It's just down the road yeah, from the city ground. We're, we're, and you're gonna to have to educate Will on that, but I don't know <laughs> back to this podcast. Yeah, that, I, I am talking about <laughs> I, I am talking about the nineteen seventies here. Uh, you know, uh, maybe it wasn't there then, I don't know. But it uh, wasn't there, I don't think so. But yeah, they um, <clears> not supposed to be a good team. Yeah, they deserve to win. You, you, know, you I, mean I, Nottingham I, Forest, do you? Nottingham Forest, Brian Clough's old team. Um, <laughs> but Liverpool, yeah, they were still faffing around too much. You know, they just didn't, they weren't on it. So, Notts Forest deserved to win. I read, in, game, read in one of the papers that there's rumours going around that Mr Klopp is losing some of the players, in particular Rick's mate, Henderson. Now, I don't know if that's true oh. or not, but... Uh, that, that's just a Man United stir. Well, we no, don't do not. things like that. Strange uh, that the uh, Jordan Henderson publicity machine hasn't uh, countered that. Jordan Henderson, let's talk about Jordan Henderson for a bit. Go on, Jordan. What, how do you think Jordan is? <laughs> Just a dreadful human being. Uh, to be honest, Rick, it's quite difficult to, to judge him this season because he's not actually played. Um, so, I mean, but judging by how the rest of the midfielders played so far this season, I mean, how... How long have you got? I mean, we spoke about whether that win against Manchester City was going to really then kick them on. Is and it true? we said I the worst thing you can do is then lose to the Nottingham Forest and then you're back yeah. at square one and that's exactly what happened. But seven days ago, Liverpool were the best team in the world again on the back of one result. Now, all just, of a sudden... Just as Nick Critterton has now joined us, I believe. Oh, Thank at you last. <laughs> Can you hear me? Can hear you, yeah. yeah can't can see you, you but, but that doesn't matter. All right, let me let me uh, work, try and work that out. You heard uh, you heard everybody slating Liverpool, and then you decided to join us. Is that is that what happened? I did, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just trying. Oh, start video. Hold on. 
There he is. Hey. Uh, apologies for being late. Apologies. No worries, Crit. The, the floor is all yours then. What did you make of... Um, I don't know if you did see it. Did you see the Liverpool Forest game? And even if you didn't, what did you make of the result? I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. Ah, um, hard luck, uh, Hilda. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> I watched the uh, I watched the second half actually. I missed the first half because I actually went to watch Chelsea um, Man United. So we caught the second half in the pub. Um, some big chances missed. It looks like Liverpool had enough chances on the day. Um, Set pieces more than anything, but um, mm. Dean Henderson. I mean, Rick, you tell me. Class, we, we, we said before that. There was times when he was possibly pushing to be Manchester United's first-team goalkeeper, but it, it never really happened. Um, but he certainly uh, made some big stops in that game uh, at the weekend. Seems to be one of those keepers that does well when on loan at a club where he's going to be kept busy, because he was good at Sheffield United as well. And the thing is, he's not going to. I don't think he'll get a proper go at United, and his his ego's out of control anyway. But he deserves to be after that performance. Hmm. Just, just seeing as you were late, I don't want to sort of labour the point there, Nick, but but you were late. So, um, seeing as we're, we're we're catching up a little bit, um, did you uh, did you or have you seen Yeovil lately? And what what are your as an ex uh, a great at Yeovil? Uh, any thoughts on the situation currently? Can you straight in the deep end there, Chris? Go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. I think it's terribly disappointing where where the club is at the moment. I think everyone will agree. Um, I think tomorrow is a massive game against Aldershot. Obviously, two wins, I think, in 14 games, maybe. Um, it's not where the club want to be. It's not where the fans want to be. It's not where the manager wants to be. I think I think if you look back at the team that finished in the playoffs, um, sort of COVID year, um, the, the players there, you had sort of Reese Murphy, um, Luke Wilkinson, Lee Collins, um, Charlie Lee. I mean... If you look at the team now, with all respect to the younger lads, there's, there's no, there's no sort of pedigree there at all, is there? That the, the players are um, kids, um, and again, it's difficult. I saw a comparison on Twitter with, with the team that um, that I played in that won the conference, um, and, and they were talking about the average age, and and I think that average age was 21 or 22 or something like that, and the average age of the team now, but you've got to be... So, we were lucky then. You've got to be so lucky to fall upon a team of kids to actually then go and kick on and, and, and achieve something. Um, yeah, I, I think it needs it needs investment. It needs um, the manager. I, I, I don't... Not like Chris Hargreaves. I think he's got a very difficult job, a very difficult job, and, and I think he needs more resources to be able to do that job. Yeah. Of course, I mean, you, you say about, uh, was it, I can't, I'm just going to think of the guy's name, but he played for some awful team called Liverpool, didn't he? And the guy that said that you don't win anything with kids, who was that? Yeah, Alan Hansen. That's it, Hansen, yeah, I couldn't mm. think of it for a minute. Um, but I mean, you know, that that was all those years ago, and, and all right, we're at a different level, obviously, but, but those kids, they came good. But I mean, we'd have to be extremely lucky to get five kids to calibre those five kids, wouldn't we? Even even by the lower comparison in the league, it's it's just not. Yeah, you can Yeah, I I think I think as long as they stay away from the relegation zone, which is it's 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 not looking good to be honest, is it? You can't no. understand why 
why the the teams um, only won two games in, I think, 14 or whatever it was, sorry. But but why would that change suddenly over the next 15, 20 games without getting new players in? I have watched them a couple of times this year. I haven't watched many, but I've watched a few. Um, and, and, and I think they're crying out for a centre-forward that's going to score some goals. They seem to be creating chances without putting games and then inevitably they concede one at the other end and lose... Lose the game. Mm. No, it's it's pretty grim, really, one way and another. It's pretty grim. Yeah, really Aidy, just uh, linking it back to um, older shot, just because you know we we have to make sure that we get our facts right here on uh, football bloody hell. That mm-hmm. um, mostly was the guy that recently left older shot, and it's Terry Brown who's now the manager, who's seventy oh, years old. I so stand corrected on that. That's where that came from. I, I just wanted corrected. to make sure that what I was talking about was right. <laughs> well, I played... Um, I, Terry Brown was my manager when I was at Aldershot, and he's been there donkey's years, Terry Brown. Oh, yeah, I can see now. He, he does look empty in this next picture I've seen that I've come up with. Mm. Definitely, yeah, yeah. You said you played under him, Chris, because we were saying about how big a game it is against Aldershot, but they're going to be sort of bouncing in the fact that he's come in at the weekend and they've got off to a good start because I think they won 2-1. So they're going to yeah. be really against, competent well, coming into this against one. Against 10 men, he's, though. Yeah, mm. but he's a little bit of a hero there, um, Terry Brown. He's been he's been in and around the club for years and years. He he helped take AFC Wimbledon up through um, up through the leagues. And Aldershot, again, they're, they're, a, they're a big club, you know. Um, well, punching below their weight, really. Um, I know a lot of the fans there are not happy as well. So, um, again, you changed manager and you, you saw it with Aston Villa yesterday. Um, yeah. Or, yeah, you change manager, suddenly you, you get a few results. Um, so it's a very dangerous game and a must win, really, for Chris Hargreaves. Hmm. Why does um, changing the manager increase the... The abilities mm. of players who have cracked the date or the game before, you know, what <laughs> what actually happens, Nick? You, you know, you you're you're the pro round here. You know, what what? How do you feel about it when you get a new manager in as a player? I think it's difficult to say. It's not like you're not trying. I mean, some some players don't get on with some managers, and 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 obviously that the crowd at Aston Villa wanted Stephen Gerrard gone, didn't they? So it's probably a much better atmosphere around Villa Park yesterday. Um, there's a number of things that can contribute to it, but um, I wouldn't necessarily say that players try harder under different managers or under a new manager. Obviously, you want to impress. When a new manager comes in, you want to you want to impress them to try and get cement your place in the team, and, and maybe subconsciously that helps you perform a little bit better. Um, but yeah, you don't you don't necessarily want to see managers come and go. Um, yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? But how often do you see, like like yesterday, how often do you see a manager leaves and then the next result, like they go out and win 4-0? Well, I wonder but, what but I always, Stephen Gerrard thought about that afterwards. You know, he went Yeah, but I always... <laughs> yeah, honestly, he'd be watching that game going bloody hell. But but I, I always thought that, you know, when... when um, going back to Yeovil, when, when Neil Marmon took over... Yeah. Um, Blimey. He only had to win one of those bloody eight games or whatever it was, and he didn't win one of them. No. How often does that happen? New manager comes and you don't win one. It's that yeah. ridiculous. Good point. Good point, Chris. But, yeah. Definitely a good point. But I mean, it is. Oh, it is. It's just. 
you know, I, I've, I, I mean, I, I was looking at um, all the, the, the uh, what am I looking for? Facebook, and on some of the sites on there, but, but I mean, most of these these people that are on there, they, they, I mean, you and I are perhaps fortunate because we know how a football club works, having worked there for for a number of years, but they, they, they hammer the manager without taking any consideration at all into the fact that. He's he's working with with the third or fourth lowest budget in the league, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. as I've before you joined us, we were we were shopping at Littles, and we're still shopping at Littles, unfortunately. Ten minutes we're later. Cake in a minute. Come on, <laughs> get on to your cake. Look, you're really knocking Littles, and they're a pretty good shop. I don't know what's the matter with you. <laughs> well, they're not going to sponsor Three Valleys Radio. <laughs> no, no. Well, I, I was hoping one Marks thing... and Spencers might do that, but there we go. <laughs> one, one one thing that you've got to bear in mind: all the all the um, protests about the manager and criticism of the manager is the fact that you've got to replace him with somebody who's better. Yeah. And the situation you're in. I mean, God help us in three or four weeks' time, Yeovil could end up with Stephen Gerrard in charge. Mm. In which case, it's National League South. Well, I would settle for Stephen Gerrard. With no no offence meant to to, uh, Chris Hargreaves, because I like him. What uh, what if he brings Jordan Henderson, though? Yeah, that's a problem, isn't it? That could be very difficult. Villa were going to win the league, weren't they, Rick? Pardon? Villa were supposed to win the league, weren't they? Yeah, oh yeah. He's going to take over from Coppo, isn't it? In the in the in the predictions, the eight. Mm. Ah, I knew that was happening. Three. Because um, Rick Aidy was tipping Aston Villa to actually go on and win the league this season. I seem to remember. I remember the phrase "dark horses." Plen- plenty of time for him to win the league yet. Don't you worry. Your dark horses are off to the glue factory, son. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, you carry well, on, Dave. You're you're in the chair. Yeah, let, let, let's move on. Before we um, just um, finish, though, from when we were talking about Liverpool at um, Nottingham Forest, that um, this weekend, this, this stat was unbelievable. So, Trent Alexander-Arnold, he became the first player to play a Premier League game next to a river that shares his first name since Don Hutchinson for Everton away at Sheffield Wednesday in September 1999 where <laughs> Liverpool what? were playing next to the River Trent and Sheffield Wednesday were playing next to the River Don. There's a stat for you. <laughs> I was wondering yeah, that's whether... Why you get paid <laughs> I that's, was... that's why you're on the fortune you're on, though. <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> I was wondering where yeah. the ri- River Hutchinson is, but I don't, I don't know. Perhaps you could tell me that. Adrian, Adrian, just a quick question. Given, given your success with your Aston Villa punt, yeah. who's, who's, who's your dark horse to finish second? Who's got to be really worried? Um, who's got to be really worried? Fulham. They, Fulham are going to fit. Aston Villa win the win the Premier League and Fulham finish second. Yeah, yeah. You've been on the cow pole. No, not not lately. <laughs> no, okay. Hey, well, as, as, we, as we've got our next Chelsea player on our, in our midst, I think we ought to be asking him about Chelsea. Uh, who's doing the questions here? They were well, next on my list anyway. Well, come on, we'll get <laughs> on with it then. Come on. It is a good question. Mm. Never asked any good questions when he was hosting it. Now he's not hosting it. He's asked a bloody good question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nick, you were there I, then, I never played for Chelsea. I went, yeah. I went uh, to... Uh, I went Saturday, yeah. I was a bit disappointed with the game, to be honest. 
Mm. I thought it was very cagey, as those games are, I think, in recent years, the bigger games against the bigger clubs. They're, they're very cagey and tactical affairs. And, and it, I, I thought the game really didn't pick up until um, sort of the, the penalty went in from Jorginho and then Man United tried to score a goal, got a goal, and then Chelsea tried to score the last couple of minutes on the other end. Other than that, it was pretty not much happened. I thought Man United had the much better first half. Chelsea made a change, um, took uh, Cucurella off and brought um, Kovacic on and um, uh, that changed the game for the second half, really. Chelsea a lot more on the front foot second half, and but without really creating many chances. I thought it was a bit dire. I was really looking forward to the game, going up and watching it and, and I was came away a little bit disappointed, to be honest. Well, that's only because your side well. didn't win. Well, you, you look at Chelsea... The, if you look at if Chelsea would have held on to the three points there against United with that last minute header, um, they had the same scenario at Spurs when they were when they uh, conceded last minute at home to Spurs. That's another four points. Chelsea would be right up and about. Yeah, but Nick, if the rabbit hadn't have stopped for a crap in the middle of the road, he wouldn't have been flattened by the lorry, would he? <laughs> you know. <laughs> What did you think yeah, of Casemiro? That's the best I, one of the lot. <laughs> I'm holding out a lot of confidence this season. I think we'll do really well, Chelsea, this year. I think Graham Potter's unbeaten. We've got that same kind of vibe going on that when Thomas Tuchel took over and he took us to the Champions League final, um, unbeaten for a long time. I think I think we'll do well this season. I'm holding out a lot of hope. So is that what you're saying, Chris? See, seeing as everyone seems to make outrageous statements here on this podcast, uh, Chelsea European champions this year, is that what I'm hearing? I, 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 I would like <laughs> to think so, yeah. I'd like to think we'll win something. We'll win something. I think we'll be up there come the end of this season. I don't think Man City are as invincible as everyone believes. I mm. think they'll lose a few games along the way. I think Liverpool... Liverpool played really well. That was a good game, wasn't it, Liverpool-Man City? I really enjoyed that one. Um, just proved how they are beatable, Man City. Oh, they're gone, Man City. Um, Liverpool, they're gone. Oh, yeah, but it, it just proves they can beat... They, Man City are beatable. Well, it does. As long as, it also proves the fact that Liverpool can only win the odd game. Doesn't it? Yeah. It also proves the fact that Liverpool can only win the odd game. You know? one, good, one, one thing that must be reassuring, because as a, as, a, um, as a Chelsea supporter, it must be reassuring to see that even without Martin Atkinson, they can still get a damn dodgy penalty against United <laughs> and uh, to try and get them to win the game. Martin Atkinson, when he was refereeing Chelsea... Penalty. Penalty. Would, how? How, how did Brogy's legs, how did his ankles end up above his head because somebody touched him on the waist? Mental. Absolutely he mental. Was... I thought McTominay did well when he came on. <laughs> yeah, you would. Yeah, Chelsea, fortunately. Did that fall into a category of if it was anywhere else on the pitch, it would have been a free kick? Mm. Have you talked yeah. about the um? Been anywhere have you else? You wouldn't about have gone the one back. yesterday yet? What? Which? What? What are you on about yesterday? Which uh, one? The goalkeeper, um, Arsenal. No, Tottenham. First Newcastle is next on the list. So go on, go ahead. Yeah, I see. I thought that was a free kick. See, I, I think I thought it was a foul as well because I think that, I think it's because when it's on the goalkeeper, you just see them given all the time that it's a foul. That you just in your own mind you see anything collide with the goalkeeper and you instantly think, well, it's got to be a foul. 
do you think then the fact that that happened outside the penalty area stopped the goalkeeper having goalkeeper immunity and because he was out he got treated like an outfield player possibly yeah. well I think it's the other way round if Callum Wilson gets there first and knocks it round um, um, who's the keeper what's Lawrence. his name Lloris yeah it, then it's a foul isn't it it's a blatant foul well, you could argue that Lloris was was um, obstruction because he just stood there. So, yeah. and he if knew he, damn well if he just a... stood there, he was going to take Callum Wilson out. Yeah, I think if if I I don't know, I thought it was a free kick. I know it's probably a controversial. Um, a lot of people on Twitter and everything saying that it's never a free kick, but and it was the right decision. But I just thought that one. Um, he got there first. He knocked it round him. Callum Wilson. Didn't he? I know he couldn't get out of the way, but he didn't make an effort to get out of the way, did he? Yeah, but why should he? Yeah, it was there first. But then it's a free kick because he, because Lloris is going to get on the end of it, isn't it? There's no way that Callum Wilson's going to get there before it's Lloris. The it's the man's game, you know. I know it's inconsistency with referees because West Ham had an issue a few games ago where Michael Antonio did the same thing and a free kick was given. The game wasn't didn't continue, and we missed out on a goal. But it it shouldn't have been a free kick, and it wasn't. Is that the same Mikel Antonio who played basketball one week and got the goal given when Marcus Rashford had one disallowed? Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, that Antonio. Is that the same fella? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Was any was anyone expecting the goal to be given, despite whether you thought it was or it wasn't? I, I just expected that when it went to VAR that we're going to disallow it. I know they check every goal, but I was surprised that um, that they did give the goal just on the basis that they normally try and look for a reason to, be yeah, able they look to disallow for it. To disallow them, don't they? So that's that's the thing. If there was an opportunity to disallow it, generally they will. He had yeah, a bit of a shocker though, generally, didn't he, Lawrence? Yeah, he gave away yeah, the second goal as well. Not yeah. a good goalkeeper. Hilda, have you had a power yeah, cut over there? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it's the it's the picture Save quality on this camera. Yeah, oh, this is uh, the that's... this is the energy crisis we're now in. Oh, I thought so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think with the goal, the, the Larice thing, um, Callum Wilson did well to carry on because a lot of times a player would just think, oh, it's going to be a free kick and wouldn't continue. He was still thinking because he scored a really good goal. You know, he could have missed it. Couldn't he? Yeah. Mm. It was a great finish. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a really good finish. Because you've seen mo yeah. many of those sort of finishes blaze over the bar from where he was. And he mm. managed to... And they look a good side, didn't they, Newcastle? They look like, even without Sam Maximum. Well, I want to come on to that, because, Rick, you know I like to ask you questions about Newcastle United, but I was <laughs> particularly wanted to ask you this one, because we've spoken about, obviously, the ownership and... You know, the money they've got at their disposal, etc. But <coughs> yep. if you actually look at what they've spent at the moment and how well they're doing, they're actually kind of ahead of schedule, aren't they? Because they've not actually splashed that big cash yet and still find themselves in, was it fourth place now? Yeah. Does that surprised you? Very much so. But then by all accounts, um, the way that they played against United last Sunday and the way that they've got most of their points, people aren't very pleased with having to pay money to go and watch it because it's functional above anything else so which it, which is is a real paradox isn't it because you've got the nasty situation of the saudis coming in and sports washing but it sort of takes the wind from my sails because that's not what they've done they might have all that money but they've not splashed it and 
and bought Mbappe and people like that. They've gone about it quite sensibly, which is quite disappointing. Not often you uh, you have the wind taken out of your sails, Rick. I mean, I'm surprised at that. Well, I was on my way to make a cake at Liddles. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden the wind dropped. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. Was that a classic I case think, there of um, Spurs is Spurs? Yeah. Spurs is mm. Spurs. Totally Spurs. And Wigan's already making his exit strategy, isn't it? He started moaning about money and time. He probably won't be there at the end of the season anyway, so be a different manager. Stephen Gerrard, he'll probably be at Spurs by the end of the season. Yeah. There's, we really do we do really do like sweeping statements on this podcast, don't we? No yeah, one's well, afraid, no one can say that anyone on here is afraid to shy away from a from a statement. I've got that many splinters on my bottom at the moment I've been sat on this fence. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, well, when, when you go down the pub for a, a football chat, you do make statements, don't you? And all right, we're not we're in in a in a, a virtual pub, and I haven't noticed any drinks being offered around yet. But nonetheless, you know, we're in a virtual pub, aren't we? So, uh, well, I'm, your money stayed in the pocket, so we might as well be in a pub. So yeah. what when we do go. I don't know how many times I have to tell you, AD, that I'm not going to buy your unmarked meat from that carrier bag. Oh, OK. Well, of course, unfortunately, I can't really go to my, my local pub because I've been banned, you see, but um, there you go. This is the way it is. It's a great Where, thing. Where's your that's... local pub, then? Oh, um... are we doing this? <laughs> <laughs> are you allowed to say? Uh, no, I, I don't really want to mention it, actually. <laughs> dear, oh, dear. Never mind. Well, let's move on then. Southampton Arsenal. Arsenal is their first draw of the season. Uh, is this the wheels falling off, Rick, or just a just a blip? Uh, it's Arsenal being. Uh, it's what will happen to Arsenal in the second half of the season, I think. Anyway, I think they've had their good their good run. Um, Arteta managed to uh, spend ninety percent of the game outside of his technical area again, which is quite a record. I know it's not something to get excited about, but it's just annoying. And do you know, just talking about Arsenal, you know they've done the what's what the documentary series called? Um, oh, all or nothing. All or nothing. Managed a couple of years ago. Managed to sit down and watch the Spurs one, and thought, you know, I'm not a big Spurs fan, but um, still watched it. Started to watch the Arsenal one. Couldn't make it through the first episode. So that says what Arsenal mean. To me. Moving on. Well, what do you think? <laughs> um, well, back in the day at Highbury, I used to play in their indoor training area. You're not going to tell me you played for what? Arsenal in your youth, are you? No, I didn't play for Arsenal, but oh, I used okay. their facilities. Played at Arsenal. <laughs> played at Arsenal. Yeah, Highbury, yeah. this one. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the game. The game the other day. Um, well, I, you know, I said last week that I didn't think Arsenal would be runners up. You know, their bad bit's going to come along any time now. I don't think they're going to be... And they, that draw was a bit of a... Slightly not quite the plan for Arteta. Um, and I, I just, as I said last week, I don't think they've got enough players on the bench who can take over when other players get injured and things like that. So, you know, it's, it's, it's still a draw. They've still got a point. So, uh. Well, on the flip side of that, Southampton... Is Ralph Hasenhuttle the limpet of football managers? Because he seems to be hanging on for his job every single week, but never seems to be any real trouble. <laughs> Has any manager been beaten 9-0 as often as him? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's point. a fair point. Let's make a habit of it. 
it was only a couple of weeks ago where there was just start to be rumours circulating that he didn't really have that long left. And here we are, still in the job, point against Arsenal. They've, they're doing okay. It's when you look at it, though, Hilda, okay for them? Hilda, when you look at it, you know, rumours start. But we all know that all these managers are on long contracts. Well, by long, I mean that sort of two or three years, I suppose. And we all know that the moment they get the sack, they also get a huge check for, you know, breaking the contract. So, I mean, it's not as though it's a hammer blow. It's not as though, oh, my God, I'm going to have to go to a food bank to get my food for next week. They're sitting pretty, aren't they? Or little, Or little, yeah. So, I mean, you know, they, they know they're going to get a huge check in their pocket and, and sooner or later, give it a few months and they'll get another job. It's, it's money for old rope, isn't it, really? Weren't we discussing yesterday um, the amount of money that Jose Mourinho's made out of all his yeah, 90 odd million or something, million, wasn't it? 90 million or something. Yeah. You know, it's easy money, isn't it? You know, get a sack and take five million pound home. You know, it's if right. it's if it's that easy a gig, Nick, why didn't you become a manager? <laughs> I, I got I got ambitions one day to, to one day to give still it a go. <laughs> yeah. still there, is it? It's um, still waiting. On the yeah, I've got ambitions, but I haven't got any coaching badges yet. So I'd like to um, get a couple of coaching badges. And my my boys are a bit young, but I'd love to give it a go one day. I, I really would. There's a lot of local teams around that, um, and you do well. You can progressively move up the ladder quite quickly. But um, yeah, but you, you argue about Mourinho. But Mourinho, how many trophies? He's a serial trophy winner, isn't he? Oh yeah, great great manager. But he doesn't he's, care if he gets the boot. No, again, he he gets that instant impact, doesn't he? And then yeah. he'll get the sack a couple of years later and move on again. He's a winner, um, isn't he, Rick? Yes. As he <laughs> Did he manage me. Man United? <laughs> yeah. Pardon? He Did tried he manage to Manchester United? <laughs> yeah, he, he, he popped in there for a couple of years. Yeah, made a bit of money and then... We yeah. Bored the tears off everyone, upset Paul Pogba and buggered off. Yeah. Didn't he didn't he finish second or so? Was he didn't he finish second? Yeah. Yeah, but so yeah. jolly. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> well, from the other Manchester then, Harland only scored twice this weekend. Um what do we think? Is it six seventeen goals, is it now that he's got in the mm. league? I don't want to keep on talking about it each week, but he's it's just it's phenomenal, isn't it? Isn't he, isn't he six off the total that the Golden Boot winner had last season already? It's something ridiculous like that. That's just another couple of hat tricks, isn't it? So it's not going to be too far away. He's just a, well, he's just a freak of nature, isn't he? Let's be honest. Yeah. And I, see, I think many. Hey, I think H, you'd you'd get twenty up top for Man City, wouldn't you? Uh, you reckon? Yeah, you get a few chances, definitely. Yeah, but my hair's my hair is not long enough for me to do it in the style that he has his. Which I noticed two or three of the supporters <laughs> have grown their hair the same as Harlan's. Oh God! Oh really? Mighty. Yeah. Good Lord. What is the world coming to? Oh. Yeah. Is he the difference then, Nick? Is he the difference? Because you said before that you know there has been a few cracks in Manchester City this season, notably their. Um, defence, they've been conceding goals but when you've got mm. Haaland in the team and De Bruyne and Foden and Mahrez mm. and Grealish and Bernardo Silva, it doesn't, doesn't seem to matter does it? They'll be very, they'll be very difficult to be very difficult to be but I, I, I like to think there's a team that I know Liverpool fall away but you'd expect Liverpool to be able to compete, you'd hopefully expect Chelsea to be able to compete with them and be up be up there come end of the, end of the season but 
I don't know. I just think you could put anyone up top for Man City and they'd get 10, 15 goals, wouldn't they? Mm. If they're playing 40 goals a year. But I don't know. I, I don't put him in a class of Ronaldo or Messi, yeah? I think he scores a lot of tap-ins. He's strong. He's quick. But he, I'd rather go and play and watch Messi. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair at this stage. Like we've spoken about on this podcast previously, that he's not doing anything that sort of takes your breath away. He's just no, doing he's the just simple a, things really effectively. He's just a a one in a million human being. He's an absolute unit. He's quick. He's he's tall. He's strong. He's like I well, I went to watch. Um, Last year, I took my little boy up to watch Chelsea Real Madrid in the um, in the Champions League semi final. Well, all three of them? No, only only Ollie. I can uh. afford all three. <laughs> That's oh, you have but, to pick um, a child. <laughs> have to pick a child. Yeah. Um, anyway, my point is that we 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 were we were stood right by where um, Timo Timo Courtois was warming up, and he is just like there's. Albeit he's good in goal, yeah, he's a fantastic goalie, but his height and his agility, it's just you don't see many humans like that, that are that tall and that agile, that skinny. You know, he's just one of a kind. And and he's just... He, it's amazing to watch. But you, you just don't see him... You, you don't see many people like that. And Haaland's a little bit like that, isn't he? He's, he's just um, like a, one in a million. I think Aidy's trying to say there's two minutes left. He's not swearing at you, Chris. Right. <laughs> <laughs> at least I don't think you were, Aid. No, I wasn't. <laughs> Come on, Hilda. Two minutes of quality podcast entertainment. Go. <laughs> well, one for you then, basically, Rick, was just to oh, say the last oh. thing that was on my list was that um, I think the Leeds United manager, Jesse March, could now find himself in a little bit of pressure and could be the next one to go. Um do you think that's fair? Stephen, um, no. Gerard will be in next then. Yeah. I'm not a big, big fan of Leeds. And Jesse March did ruin my prediction of Leeds getting relegated last season. But I would say that I think it'd be a bit harsh. Because I think he's done well, to be honest with you, with what he's got there. And the injuries injuries to Bamford hasn't, haven't helped. But, Again, um, is I, it just fans' expectation level? Depends what, um, what expectation levels have Leeds fans got, other than... Remaining in the Premier League. Ring Clive yeah, exactly. Wakeley, he'll tell you. Okay, that's on my to do list. Is he had the call then? No, he's a, he's a, he's a Leeds United. I, I get texts from him every day. United get a point or something, and then he'd be a guy. And a sponsor, sponsor of Three Valleys Radio. So let I thought know. I thought you were suggesting that Leeds United manager needed the coffee. No, 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 no. <laughs> he's just a Covent Garden Leeds fan. That's all. <laughs> Well, on that note, then, we better wrap things up. Rick, thank you very much, as always. Yeah, for, I just get off this fence. Thank for, you being, for being late. <laughs> Will, Will, thank you very much. Pleasure, enjoyed it. Rick, it was nice to have you. Thank you. I apologise for being late as well, but I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Nice well, in, you that, in that case, you can come again, then. I'll speak to I'll you later. Because you, you anyway, you, you, you always well. you always half an hour anyway, Chris. Yeah, I'll come on next one for half hour. That's that makes yeah. it full one, doesn't it? <laughs> exactly. Well, you can come on while Thorpey's finishing his bath, and then Thorpey can come. On. <laughs> yeah. If someone can make a career after coming on on, on the, for the last ten minutes, and fair yeah. enough. <laughs> <laughs> you can get it. 
Well, You've been listening to Football Bloody Hell. You've been listening to Football Bloody Hell. Thanks to the powers of Zoom and Three Villas Radio, of course. And a big thank you to all of our guests. <laughs>